1987 rolled round for Continental Championship Wrestling and I'd been reviewing 1986 for Sunday night's main event. You know how wonderful they are. And I said to Boris, well, do you want me to keep going with Continental or is this a good place to stop and do something else? And we decided it was a good place to stop and do something else. Go to another promotion of that period. And we settled on Portland, 1982. And it's blooming marvellous. And you can listen to that, usually on a Thursday, I think. Or maybe it might be held over to a Friday. And no problem with that. But you can hear that on Sunday night's main event. And do have a listen. Because I'm loving it, actually. But I really had invested a lot of time in continental wrestling of this period and really rather enjoyed it. The shenanigans with Sullivan. The Sullivan shenanigans. And all of that. And Gordon. Gordon Soley. And The Desk, capital T, capital D. The Geneva of wrestling and all of that. And so I've continued on this forum. So this is the first show of 1987. And it's the 10th of January 1987 and we have some new rules which follow on from 86 and the management say that anybody who deliberately strikes a ref will be fined $5,000 wrestlers that is I'm not sure about fans but there you go and any wrestler stealing a belt will be suspended for 30 days so Chris Von Colt is suspended Which is a bit surprising then to see that he's at the Geneva of Wrestling for an interview later on. So when does the suspension start? After he's done his little few matches or or, or what? So does it not start now? Well, I mean, Gordon did say he was suspended and then there he is later on. It's things like this that I love in continental wrestling, I have to say. We start out, oh, by the way, um, he's also been been fined $14,000. I don't think he has, really. Because he stole the belt, Wendell Cooley's belt. And Cooley's out, he wants the belt back. And he wants Colt as well, he's given the belt. And he wants Colt as well. And he wants a steel cage. Oh no, there will be a steel cage later on. He wants a different kind of match. More of that later on. Oh, I'm such a tease. But we start with Rip Rogers, whose music is so funky, hard stuff, um, versus Adrian Street. Imagine what I could do to you for the Southeastern Heavyweight title in the possession of Rip Rogers at the moment. Now, it's a good match, this actually, because the two valets, uh, Brenda Britton and Miss Linda for Adrian Street, have not been around very much. That will change in this match. So early on, Street really goes for um, for Rip Rogers, follows him out, out the ring when he tries to get away. Nasty chin lock, as Soli says. But Adrian Street, you know, don't let don't let his don't let his behaviour fool you. He is double tough and a yard wide. I like that. Just when he says that, Rip Rogers begs off as if to show you. Then you've got a um, um, an Adrian Street sleeper. In comes Brenda, sprays Street's eyes, hits him with her bag. Miss Linda's then in to attack her. Then I think it's Street that punches 
Rip Rogers, and there's the referee's down. There's a very quick count from another referee like this. <laughs> That's not the usual count. It's this. It's not. But there you go. And Street has won the title, and the fans are delighted. He's delighted at the desk. Capital T, capital D. But then we get in the ring with Rogers doing a who who hit me? What happened? Where's my belt? Why have you got my belt? I don't know what happened. However, he has been handed a little microphone and he's using it. Come on now. You're either woozy, you don't know what's going on, or you're using a microphone to cut a promo. You can't really have it both ways, can you? Although Rip Rogers tries to and does what he can. Next, we have Larry Hamilton, who's been an amateur wrestler, and later on he will show us that he might have been an amateur wrestler, but he hasn't been to Wrestling Promo 101. No, he missed that class, and he's fighting Mr. X, who is Dr. X. Not Mr. X, he was Mr. X, but then he got a doctorate, now he's Dr. X. And Dr. X is masked. Um, Hamilton gets an arm bar first, doesn't really work it. X goes to the eyes. Hamilton gets some punches, as as Gordon Soli says, if you want to go to Fist City, let's go. <laughs> nice. And there's a belly-to-belly suplex from Larry Hamilton and a leg grapevine for the pin. I think he, I think Gordon calls it a half a half Nelson or three-quarter Nelson. I think he calls it with a grapevine. Actually, when you see it again, he just rolled him up. That's what it was. It wasn't anything like that. It just rolled him up. Now, this is why I'm so excited with this, with this particular episode because Sullivan has sent us a. That's Kevin Sullivan, the mystic, has sent us a, a video postcard from Hawaii. And who is he there with? He did say Abdullah the Butcher was coming in. He hasn't. I might be disappointed by that if it weren't for the man standing next to him. Purple Haze, Tony Lewin. <laughs> That's extraordinary. I just call him Tony Lewin. It's Mark Lewin, isn't it? Of course it is. And I think this is the period that he was doing that gimmick. I don't know if he'd done it anywhere before, but I can't wait to see this. Really calm. And um, I don't know what, what Sullivan said, really. I was too interested in looking at Mark Lewin. Now, there'll be $10,000 in a battle royal in Gordo. Hamilton's out, not being able to really cut much of a promo. Pritchard, who is, you know, you know Dr. Tom Pritchard, or Dr. Tom Piper, because he looks, I mean, he acts just like Ronnie Piper and sounds like him as well in, in promo. He doesn't seem happy with Hamilton. I mean, he kind of verbally attacks him, and he's supposed to be a good guy. Then Sullivan's on, on the video telling us how wonderful that will be. What happened to the $100,000? on a pole match and the, and the best of seven tournament what happened to that Kevin did management not want to do it you certainly advertised it anyway the continental tag titles are on the are on the line now Mike Anthony and the dirty white boy um, and uh, Jimmy Stubbs dirty white boy dirty white boy dirty white boy they're the contenders now they were the tag team holders but um, it's the Nightmares who have the belt. Hello. Hello again. That's the music they come down to. That great Cars track, Rick Okosek, on the video. 
You know, when he's when he's cartoon a cartoon fly, all that kind of stuff. Yes. It starts early with Stubbs attacking from the outside. That I mean, I have to say that Anthony and Stubbs, Diddy Wag Boy, really do some good tag work here. There's um you get the Stubbs knee to the back on the apron, which is nice. And then a head to a knee in the corner. You know, the head onto the knee in the corner. I like that. An Anthony clothesline and then an outside in suplex. It's lovely. The nightmares then get going. Anthony has to go to the eyes. It's a ref bump. A, um, a Stubbs sleeper. The nightmares get a suplex at the same time. Then you've got a sort of leg lariat off the top or an attempt from one of the nightmares. But um, Anthony grabs him in midair and power bombs him. Really good. And there's a count. That they're both down. Both teams are down. Soli's not sure which way the ref countered. And the Nightmares win. And as the Soli says, no questions about that. Well, there are questions about it because they were both down at the same time. So there you go. And um, Stubbs and Anthony get some afters. They attack them afterwards. And I'm not surprised. Because actually, they could have won that. Now, here's Sir Chris Von Colt at the desk. He doesn't say anything because they go straight to Wendell Cawley in the ring. And I think it's, is it Steve? It's not Steve Armstrong, it's Brad Armstrong, I can't remember, who does the interviewing. And the first thing he says is, how about it, Wendell? How about what? Colt's not said anything. How about what? What are you saying? How about having a, a, a tuna fish and mayonnaise sandwich? I don't understand. Anyway, Wildcat wants a no rules match. He actually wants a Texas death match. And the Nightmares, apparently, um, have one of the belts because Jerry Stubbs has got the other one. Now, Colt gets in and says that he want, he's had 150 Texas death matches. Yep. I mean, I'm not sure if you've had a Texas death match, but he's had, a, he had 150 Texas death matches. I don't know what they are. I'm not sure what they are. I know what a Texas death match is. He's never lost one of them. Well, I'm not surprised with a Texas death match. I don't think it's as tough as a Texas death match. He's supposed to be suspended anyway. Anyway, Stubbs will be suspended for 30 days because he's taken the belt. So expect to see him next week. Jeez. And here's your main event. It's the Headhunters versus Ron Fuller and the Tennessee Stud in a steel cage. Now, there's some really good stuff here, actually. Sullivan's on commentary, doing the kind of, you're such an intelligent man, Mr. Soley. You've got a mind like mine. In the, in the, the cage, um, Tennessee Stud gets a power slam. There are slams from both him and from Ron Fuller. They seem to be on top. The headhunters take a, take the punishment and then they take over. Then they pull the mat up. They rip it. And out comes another headhunter who attack. Of course, they three on two by then. Fuller's busted open. They get a pin on Fuller. Then they take the Tennessee Stud's mask off. Camera pulls away so you can't really see it. Sullivan's really excited. He wants Soli's compliments, which is really nice. It wasn't that good. Wasn't that great? I was up for four nights thinking about that. Wasn't that great? Don't you think that was great, Mr. Soli? Really good. When he does that kind of work, it really works for me, that. Yeah, the work really works. Now, then the Sullivan and the three headhunters are at the desk. And then we get previously recorded comments from the stud and from Fuller. Now... It's not, though, because it's Robert Fuller speaking for the stud. And they say that they will be in a three-on-two match. Okay? They say they don't mind. They'll be on a three-on-two match. Which, of course, speaks to the match they've just had. Solely, they go back to the desk, capital T, capital D. And Solely says, I'm more concerned about the two men in the, in the ring. Well, hang on a minute. 
if it was recorded before, then how do we know that a two-on-three or a three-on-two match will be a thing? It, it does seem a bit odd, doesn't it? They must be more mystic than Kevin Sullivan. Blimey, maybe it's r- rubbing off on them. And I'll tell you what. I mean, this kind of programme rubs off on me too, because I love it. Even if the bullet's got a bag on his head, which he does at the end of the show. <laughs> I love it. I really like what Sullivan was doing. I mean, he's a bit re-energised in this programme, and he's got Mark Lewin coming in. Purple Haze. Can't wait. And I'll be telling you exactly how I feel about it. <gasps> Won't that be a treat? Ta-ta. Thank you.